Never had it so good. 101.1 radio, the best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. 
Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. DeShay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
my mom was a woman who you needed uh you know she would she was a person to be reckoned with and she didn't she didn't deal with a whole lot of foolishness so um i just vividly remember once when she rented a car for me for the prom and i took it upon myself to stay out all night and um she woke up that morning and she came out for the paper or for some reason she came out the front door and she saw me in the car and she walked over to the car and she suggested to me that there would be a serious problem if I ever let the door let the the sun beat me back in the house you know and um I just remember recognizing that she was serious, and I'm thinking, well, you know, it's a special night. I ought to be able to just, you know, just hang out all night and and uh, drive around and and just enjoy the rental car, you know. But when she moseyed over there and told me that if I ever let the sun beat me back in the house again, there was going to be some dues to pay. And mind you. I think I was a senior in high school at the time. And so there were just a lot of rules and regulations uh, that I had to follow. And I appreciate those more than ever now at the age of 57. And I'm asking you guys to look at that film and have an idea of what kind of trouble this boy has gotten into, was his mom trying to regulate his behavior, or do you believe she was trying to regulate her his behavior prior to him getting involved in what he got involved in? You know, I mean, you have to ask yourself, what were you doing before he got to the point where he thought it was okay to go out and steal people's cars and shoot people in the face? And had he continued doing what he was doing before this woman shot him, would he have killed somebody? So I just want all of us to to look at that video and make a determination about why didn't his parents commit this kind of concern in the beginning versus now wanting to have leniency. And I have one other story I want to tell you. My daughter, once when I was in uh, teaching in Edgewater High School, and she was at Oak Ridge, she um, got with a group of her friends and decided to skip school. She suggested to me that she wasn't feeling good. But the mall was in the opposite direction of where. Um, the mall was the opposite direction of the house. So why did you walk? My question was, why did you go to the mall? And then when her and these group of girls got into the mall, some of these girls decided to steal. Well, they got in touch with everybody's parents but me, and my daughter had to be taken. I forget where they took her, 
but she didn't get home until I went down to pick her up. And so they had a program uh, that students could go through uh, to show them the other side of of incarceration. And I chose to let her go through that program whether I believe she stole or not. Because to me, it didn't make a difference. You went somewhere where you shouldn't have been, and people, you suggest, got caught doing something you didn't do. But had you not been there, then you wouldn't have been involved. That's the position I took as a parent. So it was my thing was, we're going to say you're guilty, and you'll go through this program just to let you see what you can expect if you continue or you decide you want to go in this direction. And I think that's how you parent kids. You don't wait till the problem exists. You do things to stop the problem. What What are your thoughts, Cheryl, on, you know, you got to see the videotape. You see the length of uh, this man's, this boy's um, behavior. It didn't just start at 16. Are you there, Cheryl? Let me go to Joyce. Joyce, did you get to see the video? No, I didn't. I didn't get it, get a chance to to watch the video. I'm sorry about that. But just in listening to what you indicated, that. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I applaud you for doing that. Uh, they have those programs out here, what they call scare straight. Regardless, she messed up. She messed up to me when she told you she was going one place instead of and, and winding up others. Plus, those are not friends because their parents or whoever bailed them out didn't even have the decency to bail her out, you see. So that should have taught her a, a lesson within itself, but to let her know, you know, when you don't follow the rules and regulations, you could wind up in a situation thinking that you're in a good environment with people who care about you, and this is what what would happen. So I think, and I applaud you very good, because that's what's being a good parent, you know. When I was growing up, I used to get mad at my mom because the other kids, they, they could go anywhere they want to and when they want to, but my mom had such strict rules, but I, I, I ran across this, this poem called The Meanest Mom and everything, and but it, it's not being mean. That that means that it's being caring and nurturing, you see. And that's what, what that means in the end, uh, more or less. But we can't see the big picture, but we think that uh, that they have all that freedom. But the ones who have all that freedom, they begging to have rules and regulations the way that you put stipulations on your kids because they know deep down that you care about them. That rule and regulations that they get, that freedom, is, is too much freedom. But they try to make like it's cool, but in the end, they wish that they were you. Isn't that amazing that that's the way that things like that happen? Yeah, it is important that you put, you nip stuff in the bud early, because when you don't, the kids start to believe that they can just do anything. And Reverend Smith, let me let me go to you. Um, did you get a chance to see the video? 
Reverend Smith. Yeah, I'm here, Giants. Did you get a chance I to see the video? Little, I saw I saw a little bit of the video, but I know what it's yeah, all about. Yeah, I wanted you to see the kind of pain. I'm saying, I wanted you to see the kind of pain that this woman was going through, but then understand that this boy had been stealing cars and shooting at people, and then she wanted the judge to give him leniency. Well, my 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 take on that, James, she should have thought about that when he was doing all these other things. I'm sorry. As, a, as an ex-cop and as a child of God, I know that there's a mixed uh, message here sometimes, but I don't feel sorry for anyone who go around shooting at people and stealing anything. The one thing I cannot stand is a thief. I can deal That's with right. a murderer quicker than I can deal with a, with a thief. I'm serious. I can deal with somebody who kills somebody quicker than I can deal with a thief. Uh, you but, steal, um, you lie. Yes. This mother should have, if she, and she couldn't have been oblivious to what was going on. She knew what was going on. So why didn't she stop him now all of a sudden when the situation comes down to what it is now? Now she's, oh, I want my son home with me. Somebody would have killed him eventually anyway. You know, she needs to thank God that he's now, has, is, as young as he is, he's probably going to have an opportunity to flip his life. Now she can become totally embodied in him by going and seeing him and talking to him and having him to go to certain classes in prison and all of these kind of things and talking to the chaplain and all that. This is where he needs to be because otherwise he may have been dead. Okay, because it, it's just it's just not we we always want to we always want to uphold our children only when they get caught, mm-hmm. and that that's just not that's just not cool. I didn't no, just uphold not. my children when they got caught. I got on their behind before they got caught. Okay, that's when that's you right. that's when you actually take a child into the corner and say, "Look, I will knock your head off." Okay. Y'all can say what you want to say, but that's the way I feel about uh, 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 a parent. A parent must be a parent, okay? You cannot be a child's friend. I don't care how you look at it one way or another. You cannot, you cannot be a child's best friend. That's your child. You got to put a line there. And never cross that. Even today, I don't cross my line. And my youngest daughter is 44 years old. And they know there is still a line there right today. And you don't cross that line. And I don't cross the line. I don't sit down and drink with my children. I don't sit down and they better not curse in front of me and smoke. All that. I'm, no, 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 no. You don't do that. See, you respect me as I respect. And that's where we have gotten away. Years ago, this didn't happen. We stood up to our children. Most parents seem like they're scared to stand up to these children. I'll knock one of them upside the head in a minute. Don't tell me what. I'll call the police. Call the police, and the police will be taking care of you the rest of your life. Because that'll be the end. Hello. 
That'll Amen. be the end for me. You know, everybody's scared of these children. I'm, why, why? Until they get in trouble, and then we want to fall out. We want mm-hmm. to fall out. Oh, my God. Oh, 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 yeah, shut up. Shut up. I'm sorry. I have no empathy or sympathy for this situation. Now, that's all I got to uh, say. D let, me, uh, D, let me go to you. <laughs> Here's, it's just amazing to me that this boy did not care enough about his victims. He shot one victim in the face, and the only thing that kept him from continuing to victimize these people and uh, steal their cars uh, was that a woman happened to have a gun, and he he tried to contact the wrong person. And so let me just ask you, you know, now you come in here begging for forgiveness, this boy was out all times in the night. Why weren't you doing something about keeping him away from the streets in the middle of the night, victimizing right. the adults and taking their car? That's right. Well, good evening, everybody. Good you know, evening. James, um, thank you. You know, uh, that's that's why when I said uh, the other day that we have a, a battle on two different fronts um, where we have to you know, kind of forget about the Trump issue. And um, hold on just a second. I'm sorry. Uh, forget about the, the Trump issue for for a minute, and then we kind of do some homework. Cause the ho- no. And so the 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 other issue is that we have to. Uh, even with our issues at home, um, you know, I, I can appreciate the fact that you say uh, that your mother and your father were, were, were rough and tough. Um, you know, we can't be our children friends. Uh, you asked me the other day about uh, me homeschooling my kids, and uh, and one of the answers that I gave you was just part of the answer about the curriculum and the uh, – the fact that um, times have changed inside the classroom. Well, the other problem of the, uh, the, uh, of the coin is times have changed. Period. Uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm the I'm the person that everything I learned, everything I learned bad, was outside the home. Uh, by the time I was 13, uh, my childhood friend had had exposed me to everything that I thought I didn't want to know. By age of thirteen, and so uh, and so the other reason we homeschool our kids is because uh, we're just not ready. I know we kind of put the 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 cart in front of the horse, but the the truth of the matter is we're just not ready. Uh, it is you know outside the home is where the danger is, and I know that seems kind of skeptic and and and. Negative in a whole kind of way, but uh, you know, my job as a parent is to be the protector. And so, um, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's time to uh, to stop lallygagging and, and going up to the school and taking the child's uh, side all the time, Amen. And, and, and and start dealing with the truth. You know, sometimes we can't handle the doggone truth. And so Amen. the truth is that. Uh, our kids are just kids, even and if we grow, let them grow up being spoiled and 
got to have things just because I got to have it now. And we give it to them because we don't get it. We want to get into verbal confrontation with them. And the verbal confrontation mm-hmm. should be as adults should be conversation. Right. It's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a, a confrontation. It's supposed to be conversation. So uh, going forward, man, this is some of the things that we have to put on the table and try to analyze our own woes, and so we can come out better on the other side. Thank you. I'm sorry about the distraction in the background. You know. It it has been said many times that, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And I'm going to take you all back a little ways where you all remember where they used to have cigarette machines and uh, anybody could put money in cigarette machines. And they also had movie theaters where a portion of the movie theater was was smoking and the other portion was non-smoking. And uh, my uncle took me and a friend to uh, the movies, and we purchased us a pack of cigarettes, and we smoked in the cigarette aisle and smoked the cigarettes during the movie. Uh, when my uncle came back to pick me up, uh, he could smell the smoke on us, and he said to me, he said, if I ever catch you smoking again, I'm going to tell your mama. And that's all he had to say. <laughs> you understand? I would do, I would have done anything in the world if he would have said, I'm going to go tell your mama. Because, you know, mm-hmm. that's, saying, that's, that's the kind of fear you need in a, in your heart when it comes to your parents when you do things that are uh, are wrong and you know they're wrong. And so mm-hmm. if you instill that in your kids from the beginning, then your kid won't be shooting people in the face uh, at 16. You know, but when you allow them, as far as I'm saying, I, after looking at that video, I just determined that this parent had been weak the whole time, and this boy got involved with carjacking and being out all times in the night. People don't carjack people in broad daylight. I know some do, but I believe this boy was out all times in the night without no supervision, doing whatever he wanted to do, and now you want to cry in front of this judge. So, uh, Cheryl, are you with us now? I'm here. Okay. Uh, Good what evening. are your How thoughts you? about this parent and this reaction she had in court? Um, it's a late reaction. Um, I think she's crying more for what she didn't do than what's going on now. For the simple reason, mm. everyone, you know, mentioned that um, this had to be going on. And I can understand the position that that is that sometimes, oh, and if you're in a position where you're a single parent, you're not uh, as always as firm as you should be. Is that an excuse? No, it's not an excuse. But that's just the way it is for a lot of them. A lot of them could be that they're working. A lot of those single parents work two jobs. And the child has gotten to the point where they're so far out of control. And the parent becomes scared of the child and trusts everything and believes everything the child is saying, you know, to them. Well, now at this point, she really should be thankful that he's there and not six feet under. 
because at this point he has to be rehabilitated. She has the opportunity to gain a relationship with him on a whole different level that she has never had. So they get a chance to do over some of the things that they didn't do in the relationship before, you know, he previously went to jail. But it wasn't like this was something that he didn't really expect because it didn't seem that it moved him in any kind of way. But with her, you know, as a parent, you will feel some kind of way your child being um, rolled off and not be there in the way that you should have been there. But just like Pastor Smith said, you really can't feel much sympathy for her in the situation because this child, um, I mean, he could have caused another person to lose their life. I mean, this is not, you know, you stealing no candy out of a store. This is some serious stuff that he was doing. And you don't think that you should have to pay the time? I mean, (laughs) this is minimum than the time that you could have spent that would have been death. So, I mean, although she was crying and stuff, and you can kind of understand, but he got, I mean, justice was Justice was served, and that's exactly where he needs to be, that he can get his life together. And then maybe she have a time to get her life together and get herself together and see that, you know, she could have been a young parent, not, um, you know, there could have been a lot of issues that went on with her that she wasn't support, um, that she really should have been. But I say, thank God he's there and not six feet under, because that's, that's, that's right. what he would have been and will be if he was still on the outside. Okay. So, I mean, you know, so he has a, a lot to deal with there. Well, he asked for it because of the things that he did. So now you got to do it, but you also have an opportunity of life, you know, where you mm-hmm. might have not had it had you been on the outside. Nice. So. Amen. And it's clear to me, uh, Reverend Smith, I'm going to come back to you. You you know that when these kids get involved in these groups, you know, some of them are, are groups. They're not really gangs, but they get involved in these groups. And you see your kid hanging out with someone who is uh, not particular to your liking. You need to seek some kind of way to intervene. Uh, we all here have children, and we have to seek a way to to address those children's behavior so that they have longevity in the community and they, they become a positive force in our society and not a negative force. I agree with you, James, on that. But most of the parents, Cheryl kind of hit it on the head when she said a lot of these parents Unfortunately, in our community anyway, are working two and three and four jobs at a time. And you know why they are working two and three and four jobs, a lot of them? Because they are trying to give their children too much. Some of them are working it so that they can better their conditions. But some of them are doing it so that they can actually give their children a little bit too much. 
And I, I applaud them for wanting to upgrade themselves like I did and you did and anybody else, Cheryl, and all the rest of them out there. I applaud that. I worked three jobs at a time and, 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 and because I wanted, I was looking, working towards something, okay? So, but one thing that we can never do when we get involved with working ourselves to death, we can never forget that we fathered a mother, a child. Our children, we must find time within those times that we can take that time to sit down with that children, find out how was your day today. I don't care how tired you are. Sometimes you come in and maybe late at night, but before they go to school the next morning, are you okay? How's everything going at school? Make sure that child, make sure that child is communicating with you. And you're not allowing that child to be fed to the street because when you don't feed them, somebody else will feed them. Amen? And you, you, you're you right about uh, maybe not a gang, but anybody that's four or five or three or four people together, it is considered a gang anyway. So whether they, 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 they may not be wearing a colors, but they're running around doing bad things together. And and it's not right. And I, I look at it as that I don't blame, I, well, I, I do blame the lady, but where's the doggone father at? Well, she's probably nowhere to be found. But at the same time, that was something that, that, that has taken on a big, big mess in our community, that women are trying to raise boys. And boys need a different kind of a thing for themselves. Women can talk all they want to. And I know that Cheryl is doing a wonderful job. I know Joyce is doing it. I know Regina and all the rest of the ladies on the line are doing a wonderful job. But that child still needs a man in his life. And I'm pretty sure that these ladies, somebody, their grandfather, they, even their, uh, their extended father, whomever, Somebody is in their lives if they are still walking around and not going to jail. Because boys have a tendency, and we know it, and I'm through. Boys have a tendency when they make it to a certain point, you have to have a much firmer voice than don't do it. Because we go through that phase from 12 to 17 or 12 to 16 or 17, we go through that phase of, one thinking we smelling ourselves, okay, and we do. So it takes it takes a, a tough woman, and I applaud you, ladies. I really do, but I definitely stand on my head to put my foot in most of these men's. God forgive me, but that's true. All right, but that's 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 the way I feel about it, Jane. I'm sorry that this is going on with, her, but I have no empathy or, or sympathy for the lady because. For the boy, I have empathy and sympathy somewhat for the lady, but that boy was old enough to know better. When you know better, what you uh, you do better. Andre, uh, I hope you were able to watch the video, but we have a young man at 16 who was shot carjacking a woman who happened to have a car, but he had done multiple carjackings and even shot a man in the face. Um, 
for doing one of these carjackings, and now at 16, find himself uh, in a situation where his mother is asking for leniency. And my deal is, is that as a parent and as a mother, you have an obligation uh, to keep your child out of the street and that you have to find a way, hook or crook, to not allow them to think they have the freedom to go around stealing people's cars. Well, terrific Tuesday to everyone, and unfortunately, I did not get a chance to uh, view the the video, but what I would ask is if it's this person's first, um, you know, event or incident, and uh, James, we could say what parents should do, could do, would do, and, you know, I, I, I would guess that that mother did the very best that she could do. And sometimes, no matter what we do, um, our you know our children make choices that we would wish they would not have made because we understand the significance of the inqu- um, the consequences and how that would carry through. Um, I agree that you know um, it was originally designed that children be raised by parents, both males and females, because each of us bring a different quality. Um, to that union and in raising that child. But you had asked earlier when I um, just joined what can be done in order to, uh, and I'll paraphrase, uh, make sure that they don't hang out with the wrong crowd or make certain choices. Well, I really think it's important that you really do communicate, and several people have shared that already. And And when I say communicate, I really mean having a dialogue and understanding your child and what the child is experiencing. Uh, it's not enough to be shallow anymore. We have to go deeper because if we don't, they will find friends or at least people they consider to be friends and and give that time and attention and and go down that path that we don't want them to. The other piece of it is to expose them and make them aware of different things. On several occasions, I've heard uh, Cheryl uh, speak about the importance of role playing and scenarios. And Joyce often asked the question, you know, um, what would you do in that situation when you're talking to your child and, and that type of thing? That's the, that's the second piece that I think is important. And the third piece of it is, and if it's, it may be the most important, is the expectation. Surely make sure that they understand what the expectations are. You know, when we were raised, it was very clear. We we were not financially um, wealthy at all. Uh, actually, we wasn't even poor. We were just plain poor. But as it relates to family and values, uh, I would I would put myself in a high category other, as well as other members of our family because we were expected to carry ourselves a certain way because it had a reflection upon the family name. So those are some of the things. But I do know no matter what, that mother heart goes out. And I haven't seen it, but I just know it. I don't care what my child does, that's still my child. And I'll do everything I can to help them. Um, and, and, again, you know, choices are made and consequences that goes along with it. Uh, but that's how we have to make sure that we're engaged all along the way. And we all can do a better job at that. Andre, I'm just of the mindset that things don't just happen overnight. And children just don't go. Children gradually do things till they get to the point 
where they start carjacking and shooting at human beings. Now, I have to tell you that from birth, my mom had me in church. So uh, early on, I was going to church, and I was listening and learning about being a Christian and becoming uh, human. And how not to that was part of her expectation, so James. That was part of the expectation. I can't, I can't tell you, I can't tell you when I learned that it was wrong uh, to threaten people or to harm people. I can't tell you exactly when that happened. But I'm saying to you, when you're raising a child, you have a responsibility not to turn an animal out on the civilization. And so this young boy had done multiple carjacking. He shot a man in his face, and luckily the bullet went through the man's jaw and not did not penetrate his brain. He was unlucky in the fact that he was carjacking this woman who happened to have a uh, gun permit, and she shot him, and now he's paralyzed. But I'm saying to you, long before he did that, I just believe personally, not knowing much, I believe this young man was not coming home on time. He didn't have any kind of regiment to his life. He did not understand and appreciate humanity. So I have some concerns that this, any parent and all parents have a responsibility not to turn their children into animals and then have them children preying on um, innocent children, uh, innocent people. Cheryl, so James, are you speaking? In- I'm sorry. Go ahead, D. You can oh, uh, respond. I- oh. Go ahead, D. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I, I really appreciate Miss uh, Miss Audrey coming in uh, and kind of uh, smoothing out uh, the the intent of the conversation. Um, you know, I I got to say that um, if we if we turn back the pages of this 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 young man's life and and the mother's life, we turn back the pages, uh, we probably would find that uh, she was a young mother or um, what we used to call a, a child raising a child. Um. Uh, if if not if not her, then when she was born, uh, she was probably the child of a of a childhood mother. And in all of that, uh, the structure and the and the true parenting uh, did not filter through to this young man. Um, Pastor Smith spoke about it when you know where all the men, you know, and. And in in reality, this is this is the homework that I that I've been talking about. The homework going forward, you know, we can't con- we can't continue as a as a people to keep making the same mistakes over and over again throughout the years and expecting different results. You know, uh, when the Donald Trump thing and all that came about, that should be a a reason for us to look inward and start looking at ourselves because. Once all this, once his administration and all that blows over, will we be in a position to do things differently? That's my concern. You know, Miss um, Audrey spoke about um, if the child don't get it at home, 
uh, he will find uh, people in the street or other persons that will be willing to teach them or uh, teach the child what they want him to know. And that brings to, uh, bring me to mind to uh, John Malvo and John Muhammad, where Malvo was, uh, was a street kid that everybody had kind of given up on. And he ran across John Muhammad. And we all know how that story turned out. So yeah, uh, you know, going forward, uh, life has a has a way to give us to give us a, a a book full of data that we can use to teach our own kids. But in order to do so, we got to find time, like Captain Smith said and others have said, we got to be able to find time to hold dialogue with them. Because we find a dialogue and to uh, get into their little brain. And to see where they are, and watch the, the 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 television shows that they watch, and look out for these subliminal messages that's being given to them. I think that's where we are in this space and time, because uh, we got to understand again that the subliminal messages, audio messages, is a tool now that we can see being used to try to influence adults in their way of voting and acting. Lord knows what they're trying to show our kids. So it's time to start paying real attention, and I appreciate the time. Thank you. Uh, Cheryl, what, what is um your thoughts related to you have a son and you know the quality of time that you put in your son and what your expectations of him are. Uh, we all know that kids from the very outset, the kids can go bad. And so if you're not fighting that opportunity, then to me, you are allowing them to uh, to go in the other direction. Um, raising children is not easy at all. Um, I'm constantly talking. I'm constantly sharing with him the things that I hear. Um, you know, he's sharing back with me those things that he's heard, um, and just like I am letting him know what I expect of him and what I will not um, tolerate from him as well. Um, there are certain standards that you have to live up to, um, and I want these standards uphold, you know, when you're around me and when you're not. Because just like Joyce always say, you know, when you walk out the door, you represent who I am. Um, and and a, also a reflection on, you know, the family and as well as the person who raised you. Because there's nothing like, you know, when we see children and we think about um, their parents ain't had nothing to do with raising them. You know, when we, we're just talking and seeing the behavior of some of the children. And I've known my children to mention, you know, several times, oh, mama, they, my, they parents or they mama, their daddy must don't care nothing about them. And and it's not that they don't care nothing about them. It's just that their parents allowing them or just letting them get away with certain things that they know that they really can't get away with. Um you know, and my words to them all the time, I'm going to show you better than I can tell you, and don't play with me. 
So they know when my tone goes up, I mean business. That means, and when I give you a certain look, I don't have to say anything. That look means check your, stop yourself in your tracks and check yourself. Because evidently something that you're doing is not lining up. But that's the everyday thing. You know, we can't, I can't, you know, be slack on it. And I am definitely not my children's friend because I'm not going to let them, just like Pastor Smith said, I'm not going to let them cross the line with me. You're going to remember that I'm the parent and you're the child because as you get older, I'm still older than you. So there's still going to be same age. It doesn't mean that you get older and you catching up with me and now we're on the same level. That does not mean that at all. It means you're just getting older. But I'm still wiser, more mature, have more wisdom, and have been through more things than you have been through. Amen. And, you know, that, and that is so important. You know, as I sit here at 57 and, and both of my parents are gone, I would have loved to have had them uh, these last 20 years or uh, last 15 to 20 years because they could have helped me maneuver uh, through my adulthood in a way that could have been more favorable. And so as we uh, we get close to Mother's Day, uh, and I'm giving you this, this thought about uh, a mother who may have not did what she was supposed to, I'm saying that because there is a lot of responsibility in being a parent. And it's just not the fun you had that night that, the birth, uh, the conception happens. It is every day that that child lives, uh, from the moment of conception to the moment of birth, uh, to the moment of adulthood. There's a responsibility for us to make sure that that child is a positive force in the world. And the last thing we want is for our child to be one that prey on other people's children, prey on other people, uh, and, and do the kinds of things that this child had done. Uh, we look forward to our child getting married and having children and being a positive force in society, Audre. Uh That's the ultimate goal. But there's some people who just drop the ball, and then the worst happens to society. Are you there, Andre? All right, uh, Pastor Smith, what what are your thoughts about that? Society really is the person who uh, pays the price when we have these these children uh, creating these issues. I agree with you, James. That society is like a lot of people say is uh, that there's uh, there's that the lottery things are victimless crimes. There's no such thing as a victimless crime. No matter what we do or what we allow our children to do, someone is always going to be affected by whatever. I don't care if you're sitting in your house and you're doing something, somebody's going to be affected by that some way or another. Uh, so, I, I look at society as we've dropped the ball. We have dropped the ball. We've allowed the government to take over our homes in the first place. 
that was one of the worst things that we could have done. We we set back for so many years on a lot of things, a lot of things, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else. We set back for so many years and let all this this different type of legislation come into effect, and it took, actually took over our children. And here we are now. We're we're suffering the consequences of our inactions. We're suffering the consequence of our inactions, and we're trying to find out who can we use as a scapegoat. We can't use anyone as a scapegoat but ourselves because the mother of this boy probably, and and someone said it, and they said it correctly. I'm not never going to empathize or sympathize with the situation. I can't. But I do know that somewhere along the line, that mother is 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 crying and it's like she was in the in the um, uh, courthouse. She's looking at herself and saying, "Oh my, I I could have I could have done this. I should have done that." It's too late for that now. It's too late for that now. And when we see something like this, we ought to learn and take a good lesson from what. We see most of the time we don't see it. We're blaming blaming the white folks. We're blaming the cops. We're blaming the judicial system. But a lot of this falls on us. This it falls on us, just like Joyce said a few seconds ago. That hey, I don't give a hill of bean. You can get to be two hundred years old. I'm the same age I was when I doing my conception. Okay, when you came into this world, I'm still your daddy. I may not be able to whoop you. I may not be able to beat or do whatever, but I I can do something. If I don't do nothing, hit you on the hand and say, I told you, stop it. You know, I don't care. If I can't even move my feet, I might be able to just move my feet. I'll push you against your leg. You know, I do something to let you know I'm still your parent. I'm still a parent. And you're you going to mind me. And if you don't, you suffer the consequences. Don't look at me when... So I know that he was waiting, and his mama probably, in order to get an attorney, she probably put up a home, or if she had a home, she probably did, or probably had a public defender who is the worst thing in the world that anyone that's in real trouble can get is a public defender. Because what we fail to realize is that a public defender works for the state. Whatever, so the state who's prosecuting him and the public defender, they are all getting paid out of the same bucket. Okay? So the, they're always trying to get these young kids to plea bargain so that they can plea bargain. But this boy earned what he got. See, God made sure, God did that, that when that woman shot him, she paralyzed him. I'm not, I'm not sad about it. Because eventually he was going to take someone else's life. So society and the way that we have allowed the establishment to take over our homes, our children, and take over especially women's bodies and our bodies, period. We, we, we deserve what we're getting per se. But as long as I'm alive and as long as I can help, I'm going to tell people to take back your family. Take your family back. Don't let these doggone police officers, because the law does not read the way they bring it to you. I'm telling you that right now. You can spank your child. There's no such animal out there. Read the statute. Go ahead. George, 
Joyce, let me just share with you an incident, and this is what I call good parenting, even though it didn't turn out right. You know, you have to, as a parent, you have to seek to use every obstacle or every um, every organization you can to raise your children, even if it may be a bad situation for your kids. Uh, I knew a parent who was a a um, um, an administrator at a school, and she had a great daughter, a fantastic daughter, but she just had a son that was out of control. And she literally got the courts involved. Uh, you know, you can't handcuff a kid and make him stay in the house, and you can't lock his door and lock him in his room. But what she did was get the courts involved, so when he ran away, he would get locked up. So, you know, they don't allow us to lock up our children or put chains on them, but she knew enough about the system to know that she could get the courts involved, and if he continued to stay out all night, she could have him arrested. And some people might say, well, that's terrible for a parent to do. But she was seeking to save her teenager from himself. And if that was the extreme that was needed, then so be it. So that's what I'm saying. Parents can't just throw their hands up and say, I can't do nothing with this child. If your child is is not obeying your rules, then you need to seek every opportunity to make him change his behavior. And if that is use the court system, then you need to use it. Are you there, Joy? Are you there, Andre? Yes, I'm here, James. Well, what are your thoughts I, about I, that? The parents don't have the right to just throw their hands up when their children are acting disobedient. No, they don't have the right, but I, I do know that sometimes people get to the point of frustration uh, if indeed they have tried all they they know to do. Uh, and that's when we have to come in and, and serve as a village. And when that person just thinks they can't go in and father, just we have to step in to help because we never need to give up on anyone. We can't give up on the parents. We can't give up on the child. Uh, but now you have to understand I'm, I'm a realist and not saying that it's right, but I just know what's real is after a person has worked hours and hours and had a frustrating day and on that job they trying to they trying to do all they can to keep the job and they putting up with a whole lot of stuff and they may have um provided instructions and even given the expectations but that child have made a choice to do something different and that mother that father going to do all they can do to, to straighten them out i do believe in and um <laughs> get giving whooping i do believe that as well and, um, you know, but we all have a, a breaking point, and I don't know what that may be for certain people is at different things uh, at different levels, but I would pray that we never give up on our children, just as I would not want our children to give up on us because we all have some opportunity to do better. Uh, Dee, um, I'm going to go to you with this one. I, I just have a – you know, again, I just believe parents can't just throw their hands up. They got to use every mechanism available to them 
even if they have to have their own children locked up. Uh, there was a recent story where a parent saw her son on the news who had victimized this, this uh, 70 or 80 year old woman, stole her car. She was at, um, she was at the Walmart and these boys just overpowered her and took her keys and, and left. And she turned her son in. That's what I call two parenting. You, you can't, once your son don't went over the line, you can't say, okay, we just going to be quiet about this and you ain't going to never do it again. Well, uh, you know, I, I really am in agreement that sometimes we have to go to extreme measures. Um, in that particular case, uh, if the parent saw necessary to turn her child in, then uh, when uh, doing so, I think it would have, would have been probably beneficial to her and her child uh, for her to make some arrangement for the child to get some kind of real structure uh, you know, when it comes down to uh, management, uh, life management, management training, uh, as part of the bargaining of turning them in. Uh, you know, I want to go to, to something Miss Joyce said. I'm sorry, Miss Miss Audrey said a moment ago. Uh, you know, uh, my mother was a was a single parent mother uh, after she and my father separated and, and finally divorced. Um, I was born in a small town in Georgia, and we actually moved to Atlanta. That's where I kind of uh, grew my oaks in Atlanta. Uh, but I remember the time, and you all heard you tell the story when uh, my brother was out of control in school, and um, he thought he was going to go out uh, on the town, even at her uh, request that he shouldn't go out, that he was grounded. And he was going to walk around her and go out the door. And she threatened to shoot him in the back. Uh, that was a bit extreme, but she had to, 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 to grab the rings of the horse. Because if you don't grab the reins of the horse, the horse is not going to take you serious. And so, uh, you know, in years past, we laughed about that. And we asked, would you have really had done it? And she said, no, I never would have done it. But I couldn't let him know that. And so that's what parenting is. Parenting is using the skills and the knowledge that we've learned over years with some kind of uh, adult psychology. And, and, and then trying to guide our children in the way that they should go. Now me, on the other hand, uh, I was the wildest horse of all. Uh, it took it took drug addiction to get me to where I get some kind of real understanding on what I, what life is and how I should live. Now, in contrast, me and my brother, uh, any threats that you would have made, especially once I was in the drug life, wouldn't have made a hill of beans. Uh, so she kind of had to throw her hands up because I had played all those cards to where she had come to a point that she couldn't do anything with me. This is where prayer and faith come in at because we hear Miss Joyce, Miss Audrey, and Pastor Smith, and and, and, and Miss Cheryl, and and Miss Kathy speak about prayer all the time. Well, here's where the example helped me. You know, when it got to the point where my mother couldn't do anything with me, uh, the prayer I had to go up to God Almighty to say, God, go ahead and do what you want to do with him, but if it be your will, don't let him die. And that makes all the difference in the world. And in all of that, uh, that's what brings me back here now, being the prodigal son. And so uh, all of that does work as, as well as prayer. So, um, you know, the extreme measures, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, uh, you got to do what you got to do to save the child's life. 
right. Uh, Cheryl, are you back with us? I'm here. And, and um, as we listen to D and understand, sometimes parents have to, to go extreme uh, to get their children to understand the seriousness of the situation. You know, and so you can't play with uh, raising your child and allowing them to slowly but surely uh, just take your rules for granted. No, you can't. Um, And that's one thing, you know, when you lay down a punishment, it does not mean if you punish for a week and after the second day you start acting a whole lot better, you can get off the punishment. You know, I used to tell my children, you know, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And that can be punishment. That can be um, where I want to do something for them, but I won't do it for you. Um, I won't reward you or any of those other things if you are misbehaving or you acting in a way that's not um, that you're not supposed to be. So, but again, I say it's a constant thing every single day. You can't let up. And then that's just like, you know, somebody was mentioned, you know, that's where the village come in. Because there's been, you know, my oldest son, um, he plays a a great, um, a major role in my son's life. You know, when I tell him, when he asks me something and I say, well, this is a brother, and that's what we call him, B-R-O-T-H-A, a brother question, and he may not like the answer, and he may even be crying about the answer, but I bet you one thing, he's going to respect the answer, and he's going to do what he tell him to do. You know, he may not have to, he may not like it, but he will. So that's why, you know, we, sometimes we just can't do it all on our own. Sometimes, you know, even as women, when it comes to the boys, we may be a little bit weaker, and that's where we may have to get the males to um, to step in because they're not going to do that where the other uh, males, you know, are concerned. So that's where our village comes in, and that's okay if somebody tells me something, you know, and I don't have to tell you that they told me. I can address it in a way that you never know where I got my information from. That's just like, you know, my daughter, she confided in somebody when she was a teenager, and that person told me every single thing, everything. So, But she never to today know that I knew more than I knew and that who told me all that I knew. So, you know, you got to be careful in everything, you know, meaning the kids of what they do. Because I used to tell them all the time, don't worry about I can see, I know what's going on, you know, and they believed it. So they never knew who I got or who was watching them. And people don't have to be watching you. People could just get in um, general conversation, oh, yeah, I saw such and such, and they did such and such, or they were with so-and-so. Now, they're not telling on you, but they're giving you information that they shouldn't have been there or they shouldn't have been with that person. So nothing that they do, and I'm always, you know, um, trying to stay one step ahead of them. And that's one of my reasons why I'm on every social media site, because you own it, I'm on there too. I need to know what's going on. 
So, um, <laughs> all right. That, it does we not don't. mean that things don't slip by us. That does not mean that. All right, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back and let everybody have a final say.
Andre, what is your final thought this evening? I think I would say um, that parenting is truly a gift from God. And uh, let us just do our very best. Let's seek him first, for sure. But again, let's be reminded of the three important components of communications, not just the shallow, true communication, uh, identifying your expectation, and uh, again, the exposure and awareness of things of what the results are of your of your choices that you make, where you can find yourself, and do everything that you can to mitigate that from happening. And doing it together will make the difference. We can't just depend on one person. We have to all do it together. Uh, D, your final thought this evening? I concur with uh, what Ms. Audra just said. And uh, don't give up the good fight. Just stay in the fight. Thank you, James. All right. Uh, Reverend Smith, your final thought this evening. Reverend Smith? Yes, sir. Your final thought this evening. My final thoughts is that we, we I don't know, uh, James, what we got to do basically is pray. You know, prayer is the answer to all of our uh, questions and and uh, it is the answer to everything that we need to do, along with us putting something in action within our own abilities. Our abilities are limited without God. So let us try to find a way to pray for our children. Pray hard for these children because right now control of our children, y'all know it as well as I do, is Basically, not all. I, I do. I applaud these ladies on this line who have control of their children. And uh, really, and, and I, it's just a wonderful thing to see ladies who have been scuffling and trying and dragging. But like Michelle said, no matter what, you still need that harsh voice from a man for a boy. So let's try to do what we can to try to help, you know, in any way we can. God bless you all. Cheryl, your final thought for this evening. I'd just like to say that I totally agree with everybody, what everyone said, you know, so far as far as um, with our children, because they are our future, and we have to invest in them, whether they are your children or someone else's children. Whatever we do, we can always do more. All right. Guys, I want to just continue uh, to say I thank you for your continued support. I appreciate you being a part of this show and making this a show that people's voices can be heard outside of my own. Uh, We have to recognize and understand these are all the kind of discussions that we need to have because there are parents out there who are, Uh, really having a tough time trying to reel their kids in. But we need them to know that they we value their efforts, uh, but we need them to step up and do whatever is possible to keep their children from preying on society. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Thoughts, love, and reflection. Dial in at 657-383-0309 so your voice can be heard loud and clear. 
We'll be on tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time so that we can make a difference. Take care, everybody. Your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place. Thank you.